Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. On Rutherford Issues, we're going to be catching up with our friends from Doors of Hope today. Shanika Scott, Casey Dalton are here, and we've got lots of really uh, important things concerning Doors of Hope to get to today. First of all, Shanika, Casey, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to have you here today. Um, Let's see. One of the uh, big things is coming up August 2nd, Shanika. That's going to be really a big day, isn't it? Yeah, we're really excited. So August 2nd, we will be having our ribbon cutting ceremony um, that's put on by the Chamber of Commerce um, at our new treatment facility um, that's located at 421 East Bell Street. That ribbon cutting ceremony will be at 11 o'clock. So we're really excited about that. All right. We're, we're going to talk a lot about that and find out, you know, um, it, it's you said no cost treatment center for women. And that's that's a big thing. Um, when we say doors of hope and, and whoever wants to uh, to jump in here, tell me um, what would you when someone comes up to you and says, oh, you're with doors of hope. What do you do? What's your answer? Oh, it's always um, a nice elevator speech, but it's definitely um, Doors of Hope exists to empower women to break the cycle of addiction, incarceration, and homelessness. Um, And we do that in a few different capacities. We teach classes in the correctional facility in Rutherford County five days a week, and that's teaching the women there um, alternatives to violence, better decisions, moral recognition therapy, helping those clients while they're incarcerated learn different skills so when they're released, um, they're more successful. Um, We have a program, a reentry program that is post-release where we can house a client for up to 12 months. Um, And we're working with that client on those same things um, and really a strong recovery. Base. So we're helping the client um, figure out the source of their trauma um, with their substance use disorder um, and helping them learn healthy ways um, to live life as a successful member of society. Oh, well, that is a good elevator speech there. Isn't it? <laughs> now, is it Casey or? It's Casey. Casey, okay. Now, I don't know what I said a minute ago, but I, I, I just looked down and I saw I didn't see a Y in there. So, uh, Casey, what is it that you do with Doors of Hope? So I am a peer recovery specialist, um, the director of recovery over there. I am a former graduate of Doors of Hope. So I've kind of made a full circle, came back to work with them um, and just help women overcome this huge stigma that the community and the world has on them that like addicts can't be successful people. That we're always just labeled as junkies and we never do anything different. And, um, they've really got my heart because it's my purpose i feel like it's my god-given purpose to help women become empowered and change their lives and learn things that they've never learned and be these women that they never thought they could Mm -hmm. be so um i help them with like figure out kind of what 12-step program they're gonna work you know hold them accountable with sponsorship and reaching out to healthy women in recovery and um, i teach groups in the jail and uh, which is huge because I come from prison to come here to be able to like give them that example of like yes life is different it can change so well as you were talking I was just thinking boy you are a living example of of what recovery could look like for someone who's probably uh, you know new to it or has been struggling for years and trying to find a way out have no example to look at to see what it could be Absolutely. But there you are. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, and 
it has to be pretty rewarding for you to go from where you were to where you are now. Absolutely. I couldn't imagine um, if you would have asked me, you know, almost four years ago, like, what are what's going what's your life going to look like in four years? You know, I was sitting in a prison and uh, I would have just kind of laughed and said, you know, I probably won't be alive in four years. And um, just to be able to see the light come on in these women's eyes and see that like, oh, wow, hmm. Casey, she's done it. You know, Candy, a coworker of mine, she's done it. Like, this is possible. And it's just, it fulfills me in a way that I've never had anything fulfill me before. So when you're approached, I'm sure you've had to answer the question, how did you do it? Uh, I mean, what do you say to someone? I'm sure it's not just like, uh, I was this one day and the next I was this. It's not that simple. Right. Um, I explained to them that um, I love to follow the rules. And they, you know, when the clients see me, they're like, oh, there's Casey. So I like to follow the rules. And that's something that Doors of Hope taught me, right? Because I went from living in this, like, life of chaos where, you know, everything was broken and I didn't care about structure or anything like that to having to, like, follow rules and take suggestions from people. And then they got me into 12-step recovery and I got a sponsor and I have a network and I work on that regularly. I see a therapist and... I'd done everything that Doors of Hope suggested to me, even when I didn't want to, in order to become the woman I am today. And, you know, because we drive them crazy sometimes because they're like, why are you making us do all this? And it's like, because we know it works. Hmm. Just, it, we know it works. The recovery thing, the 12 steps. I mean, there's millions of people around the world that can prove that, hey, it works. This is what's done it. Well, part of it, I would think, is rules let's just use that as an example um it's it's a way to um calm the chaos it's it's a way to hold people accountable mm -hmm. and that's something that you know with, um, someone with a substance abuse issue they're not held accountable they do what they want and you know the chaos is all around so it, it brings some structure that is really important in the recovery process it sounds like absolutely um you know i was i explained to the women all the time like when you know that you've got to get up and you're going to do these classes and you're going to go to a recovery meeting and you're going to meet with your sponsor and you've got that time before you have to like go back out and start working and stuff it shows you how to set up like this successful kind of structured lifestyle which is what we need because we've not had that and um, it kind of prepares you for the next step and then being able to like meet with a therapist and deal with some of the trauma and like learn about who you are in a structured safe environment is something that a lot of people you know unfortunately don't get to have we've got Shanika Scott and Casey Dalton with us here today from Doors of Hope and um, you know this Shanika is just one example but in terms of substance abuse I, I bet that everybody listening to the sound of our voices today knows someone if they're in their immediate family or or close to immediate family that's struggling with this would you say that's true um, most of the time it's always true they know yeah. in some capacity they may not know um, what capacity that their loved one's substance use disorder is in right um, but they 
definitely know someone that is struggling with um, substance use disorder, trauma, those kinds of things that we're helping our clients work through um, and teach life skills um, about every day. You all work in this each and every day, but what would you say its impact on the county is in terms of substance abuse uh, disorder here in Rutherford County? Is it is it high? Is it something that would really startle us if, if we knew the true story behind it? I think if most people knew the true story about substance use disorders, um, it would startle them how many people are struggling. Um, I would say in Rutherford County with us being Doors of Hope and some other recovery um, resources that, you know, we do have a lot of resources that are available to people that want to seek that help. Um, but there's a lot of people that are not seeking that help that really need it. Seeking the help, Casey, is probably the biggest step you make. Would you? Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. You have to want the help in order to get the help but it's just finding it like breaking down that level of fear to find the help to say you know what i've got a problem i need some help and a lot of women and addicts in general we've had our trust broken by people before so just having to go in and trust someone that you're seeking help with is a huge step having there probably are a lot of folks going through this that want the help but are stuck in that cycle and don't really know where to go where to where to reach out um they're told by others that they're around that there's no help i I mean uh, so it it can be a vicious cycle Mm -hmm. there's so many barriers um Mm. so that's why we're so excited for our treatment center being no cost to women Um, We'll be able to house eight women, so it'll be a 30-day treatment center um, at no cost. We won't run insurance. It'll be absolutely no cost to them. Um, But if you're not familiar with someone seeking substance um, treatment, um, you really can't get treatment unless you have insurance or a place has a grant bed or those kinds of things. So sometimes you're wanting to seek that help, but then there's barriers to that help. Yeah. Um, which kind of defers people from going back because, hey, I tried. It must just not, it's not meant to be. Um, and they kind of give up pretty quick because I've, I've put myself out there. I've been turned away. What do I do next? So with us having a no-cost treatment center, um, we're really excited to be able to help those women that seem to be forgotten about a lot. Mm-hmm. That continues the cycle, I would think, though. You know, at, at, you get to the point where you realize, hey, I need help. I need to do I've got to get help with this to to break the the circle of use, and then you can't afford the help. You can't get into a facility, and so it continues. Mm-hmm. You, you you go back to what you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's that cycle that honestly turns up deadly for many, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've seen a lot of that, especially during the pandemic of not having resources and having a lot of access to stimulus money that has really um, cost some people that were struggling with substance use disorders their lives. Um, So that's why we're trying to be part of the solution um, and help people before um, they feel like there's nowhere else that they can turn. I've heard many say um, that, that work in your line that the pandemic had such, um, I guess, an impact on those with substance abuse that many people turned to that that never had done that before, and and now they they struggle with it. That influx of money, I'm sure, led to 
purchasing of drugs and alcohol and and it's a pandemic within a pandemic would you say that's fair um definitely um also the isolation of people um for some people they want to be away from people and that's great um but the isolation for somebody that is struggling with substance use disorder um kind of makes them feel alone and like there's nowhere to turn um Recovery meetings were closed. You couldn't meet with a therapist in person. Um, A lot of resources that um, people were reaching out to kind of vanished or were virtual. But if you don't have the resources to get to those virtual places, you're still kind of in the same situation you were before. Yeah. And I saw you, Casey, shaking your head. Uh, Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, the pandemic was, that was, I think, now especially it seems like it's more of an eye opener about what's going on with people locally around the world with drug addiction and alcohol addiction um and it's just i'm i'm fortunate that you know i knew about recovery then and i knew kind of how to plug in and how to take care of myself um i couldn't imagine the amount of people who just felt so lost and so hopeless and that's what took them back out I wanted to ask you um, as well about substance use disorder and our our prisons and, and, and jails and you know the the drug court here I think is making a big impact uh, here in Rutherford County but you know during the pandemic being in jail there and I know this is going to sound strange because there's isolation when you go to jail as well but your group wasn't able to come out and, and, and reach out in prison. So I'm sure that was pretty hopeless feeling for those as well. But the prison is probably not the right answer right. to to this. Um, I, I've heard many people say that, but then there are not enough treatment facilities and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So what would you say in regards to, to those comments? Um. I agree completely. Um, Jails and prisons are not rehabilitation centers. And um, we, you know, addicts, we've, I've made a lot of bad decisions while I was in active addiction and I had to pay my price back to society for those. Um, But the access that I had to any kind of recovery, anything while in prison, it wasn't there. And um, there was a 12-step fellowship that would come in. But you know what? I didn't go. I wasn't ready. Mm. Um, But I do know here locally that I haven't seen anything like what they do now with, like, the reentry program and the classes that we do and the help that we offer. I've not seen anything like that anywhere else. And I do think it's making a difference in these women's lives because they're getting to see, like, oh okay so i'm not a misfit i've got a problem and wow and here's some solutions because even if they don't come to our program when they're done at the jail they can still come and meet with the recovery team with the therapist with the case manager so they continuously have the resources in order to stay out of jail to be a productive member of society to find some kind of happiness i I think the mentality is you know, you go to jail, you're there for a year, and you're clean, and you come out, and your your life just starts over. And, you know, unless there's a, a change in your heart, in your mind, you just go right back to what you've known once you get out. Because it's like the door opens, and then here's the world again. Mm-hmm. Um, would that be fair? Yes, absolutely. 
you know. But um, that was the original thought, you know, just someone goes to jail, they're there for a year, they haven't had drugs or alcohol, and, you know, they get out and, and they're dry and ready to go. Yeah. But that's not the case. Yeah, it's, you know, a lot of people don't understand, like, well, you're, you've done all this time, why are you not better? And it's all, it's a disease of the mind. And so it's being able to treat that and help teach anyone new thinking patterns new thinking behaviors and coping mechanisms so that like normal people their feelings get hurt they don't go and use drugs to cope with it Mm -hmm. addicts they do and it's just teaching them how to like turn those small things around so when life does happen like it happens to normal people it doesn't crush them completely and kill them Shanika, um, tell us about the uh, the new treatment center opening uh, coming up here August 2nd. So we will have our, our ribbon cutting on August 2nd at 11 o'clock, um, and it's put on by the chamber. So we're really excited. We joined the chamber, and we'll have um, that opening. Um, a treatment center for women, no cost. We'll be able to house eight women at a time. Um, no insurance, no money. Um, They'll be able to get three healthy meals a day. They'll be able to have classes every single day. Um, They'll be meeting with the therapist. They'll be meeting with a recovery specialist. Um, They'll be meeting with someone to transition them out. Um, So it'll be full full circle services for those clients, a lot of wraparound services to make sure that women are successful when they leave. So August 2nd, 11 a.m., the, the ribbon cutting. It's just uh, a few doors down from your offices, too. It's actually right across the street from is our it? Well, that's good. That's that's the perfect location there, isn't it? Yes. Well, congrats on that, and uh, I guess the public's invited to the ribbon cutting, too. Yes. Come on out. The more, the more, the better. There you um, go. We'll also have a walkthrough of some of our properties that we own that our clients currently live in for our post-release clients. Um, so we'll be able to see... Um, the Doors of Hope office, the Doors of Hope housing, and also the new treatment center. Very good. Well, thank you both for joining us today. It's been fun. Thank Thank you you so much for having us. Absolutely. Shanika Scott and Casey Dalton joining us today from Doors of Hope. Now, if you missed any part of the program, all you have to do is go to WGNSradio.com, tap on podcast and Rutherford issues to listen back.